My philosophy of doctoring has always been that the practice of medicine walks on two feet. What I mean by this is one foot is in the medical scientific world and you need another foot to balance on. And that other foot includes all the things that create health that we don't completely understand. Things we can't explain. What I mean by this are things like feeling joy in our lives, how our health is affected by the foods we eat, being active, having friendships, contributing to society. And it also includes all of the ancient healing traditions. We can't really achieve health with just our single narrow practice of Western medicine. All doctors have patients who are experiencing symptoms that we can't always find a cause for, or they have a disease, but their symptoms can't be easily controlled with our typical treatments. And it's really frustrating for the patient and for the doctor in these situations. My most common patient this happens with are kids who have unexplained abdominal pain or chronic headaches. They just can't get these things under control no matter what we try. It was in my frustration about treating patients like this that I stepped off one of my feet and onto the other, metaphorically speaking, of course. And I found a helpful treatment. And that treatment is hypnosis. The practice of hypnosis is as old as the history of civilization and dates back to ancient Egypt, ancient Persia, China, India, and Rome. Healers in these ancient civilizations used things like sleep rituals, psychological cleansing, and other hypnotic techniques. All right, when I said hypnosis, what did you imagine? Did you first think of all the ways that hypnosis is portrayed in entertainment? Most people think of like an entertainer or something like the Python Caw in the Jungle Book when he uses his soothing voice to say, trust in me, to hypnotize Mowgli. Think of any fictional scenario of hypnotism And it almost always involves someone taking control and the hypnotized person is always portrayed as a victim. This is exactly the opposite of what therapeutic hypnosis is. Therapeutic hypnosis is achieving a relaxed state of inward attention and using therapeutic suggestions. And it's a state that a person achieves. It's not something that's forced upon them. It can be in the form of something like breathing calmly in times of distress. It can be managing how you perceive pain or visualizing outcomes of a goal, overcoming symptoms that don't have a physical cause like anxiety-related stomach aches, for example, or in physical disease when the symptoms worsen with psychological distress, like shortness of breath because of anxiety in a person with asthma. I've seen hypnosis work so well for so many of my patients And I still can't explain hypnosis, but I do know a doctor who can explain it. Hello, I'm Ron Anbar. I'm a pediatric pulmonologist, and now I do full-time hypnosis and counseling for children. Dr. Anbar is a leader in the field of mind-body medicine and hypnosis, and he will help me explain this underused and helpful tool of medical hypnosis and how it can help. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, And I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. Dr. Ron Anbar is the author of Changing Children's Lives with Hypnosis. And he's a physician who offers hypnosis and counseling for a variety of medical problems at Centerpoint Medicine in both La Jolla, California and Syracuse, New York. 
I found him when I was looking for ways to help my patients. So I asked him how he found this path. I became involved in the world of hypnosis as a pediatric pulmonologist when I realized that my patients with lung problems had a big psychological overlay. So many times their symptoms would get worse because of their psychology. In fact, my very first patient that I did hypnosis with was a young man who was very allergic to milk products. And he came in and he said to me, lately, when I've been smelling cheeseburgers, that I've been developing asthma attacks. I thought it was a rather strange symptom. But I said to him, well, can you imagine eating a cheeseburger, which is something he could never do in real life? He closed his eyes, and within seconds, he started breathing fast. His nose was flaring. He looked to be in terrible respiratory distress. And I was thinking, oh, no, he might have anaphylaxis. and said, stop it. And he did. I said, were you really having trouble breathing? Yes, that was my asthma. I said, that's weird. You thought yourself into an asthma attack? And then the question is, if you can think your way on illness, can you think your way out? And later I find out what was happening was hypnosis. Experts cannot agree on a definition of hypnosis, which doesn't help much in terms of getting people to understand it. Hypnosis is not sleep. It's not somebody controlling your mind. It's not unusual. We all do hypnosis all the time. For example, if you ever daydream in a boring lecture, that's hypnosis. If you're driving down the highway and go three miles without uh, noticing where you've been, that's hypnosis. One part of your mind is driving. And one part of your mind is thinking about your plans for the day. What I tell the kids is hypnosis is using your imagination to help yourself. Now, if you want a more scientific definition, it involves uh, focusing your attention on something, at, at which point you might be less aware of uh, things around you and more available to take in suggestions. But it's much easier to think of it as your imagination helping yourself. Hypnosis can help any condition that involves the mind. And that means it can help any medical condition as long as you have a mind on top of the body. And this is something I want people to understand that the majority of patients have a psychological component to their presentation, whether you realize it or they realize it or not. If you have chronic medical symptoms, if you don't have thoughts about it, something is wrong with you. If you have chronic medical symptoms, you might be anxious about it. You might be depressed about it. You might be angry because it's limited your life. That's psychology. And the psychology can then affect the symptoms. So if you're anxious, for example, when you get out of breath because you have a diagnosis of asthma, you might think, oh no, I might end up in the ER. I'm scared. And that, of course, makes your anxiety worse. And the doctors then treat you with asthma medications. And it helps the asthma, but it doesn't help the anxiety. So you might not improve very much. And then they say, oh, you must have terrible asthma. So here's more medication. And people start believing they have very serious illness, as an example. If you take that same patient and teach them how to calm themselves with hypnosis, which we can talk about a bit later, then suddenly the asthma attack becomes something very minor. and doesn't even require attention in an emergency department. In my own practice, I have found that sending patients to learn self-hypnosis to help treat their symptoms has been most helpful for treating chronic stomach pains and headaches that are worsened by anxiety. It also helps with kids who just won't eat. There's a condition called ARFID, which stands for Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. These kids are terrified of eating for any number of reasons, 
and they restrict what they eat. And hypnosis is incredibly helpful for this. Dr. Anbar will talk in the second half of this episode about many other conditions that can be helped with hypnosis. You have a, a significant number of patients for whom hypnosis is an important part of the therapy potential. If you don't offer them a psychological therapy, then it's like treating them with your one hand tied behind the back. For example, there was a young lady with asthma who was thought to have very bad asthma. Uh, she had been in intensive care unit six times in her 12 years of life. She had been hospitalized 15 other times. She had multiple emergency room visits. She was on maximal asthma therapy. She had been seen by an allergist who was very good, who checked her for allergies and gastroesophageal reflux, and immune problems. And nobody could find anything wrong with her beyond the asthma. And I met her early in my hypnosis career, and I said, hey, let's do this. There's no harm. Now I'd say, oh, yes, this is clearly a patient who should benefit. I taught her how to calm herself with hypnosis. And the next week she said, hey, this works better for me than a rescue medication, better than albuterol. I said, okay, so use this instead of albuterol. And if you need to, you can still use your albuterol. Well, she did that. Her symptoms got better because her symptoms really weren't asthma. They were mostly anxiety related. One of the things I teach is that the child can help themselves. And giving the child that tool oftentimes yields dramatic results. But in this case, it's interesting. She's 12 years old. That takes a lot of discipline to be able to do the hypnosis on a regular basis for her. How do you overcome that challenge? Doing hypnosis is not a big deal. Let me tell you a simple example. I will teach a child to do hypnosis in five minutes. This is what you do. You pick a calm, relaxing place of your choice, and then you imagine what you can see and hear and smell and feel and taste so using your five senses. And then what that does, it helps the child feel like more relaxed and as if they're in their relaxing place. Then I'll do what's called progressive relaxation. I'll teach them to relax themselves muscle group by muscle group from their head to their toes. The last step is I teach them to use what we call an anchor or I call it for the kids a relaxation sign. Pick a gesture like making a fist or crossing your fingers and tell yourself whenever I make this sign, I can be this relaxed even when I'm not doing hypnosis. And then before they come back from the hypnotic experience, which they decide when to come back, usually takes a few moments, sometimes five or 10 minutes, depending on a child. I tell them to congratulate themselves, to remind themselves to practice, to remind themselves that the relaxation sign will help them and to make good wishes for themselves. And then they're instructed to practice the hypnosis every night for at least two weeks so you can become good at it and use your relaxation sign, your fist or your crossing fingers, whenever you feel stressed. This is simple. A five-minute exercise once a night for two weeks, most children will do, and the relaxation sign, many will do. If they come back two weeks later and said, oh, I forgot, I'll go back and ask them, do you want to get better? Are you willing to make an effort? Some do and some don't. With hypnosis, since it's all in the hands of the child, if they're not interested, it doesn't happen. But most kids who come to see me, they have a problem they want to overcome. And I tell them this is the key. And they see benefits within a couple of weeks, or sometimes within a couple of days. And so they, there's a buy-in pretty quickly.
It took me a long time to understand hypnosis, probably because I pictured all the movie characters. But once I started to understand it, I was still confused about how it's different from meditation. I asked Dr. Anbar to differentiate hypnosis from meditation. Hypnosis, on the other hand, is much more goal-oriented. So, for example, I might teach hypnosis to how to relax and how to control your reaction to discomfort. And I might give specific suggestions to affect that. So while the goal of meditation is to let go of ideas, the goal of hypnosis is to focus on a particular idea and put it into action. Children often have an easier time with hypnosis. Once they get old enough, like between 8 and 12, that's when they are really they understand your instructions. Their imagination is quite vivid. Adults can do hypnosis well, too, but they tend to be more rigid. Or they might say, that can't work. Or they might have more baggage that you have to unload. So, for example, you take a child with anxiety and teach them to calm themselves, and anxiety might get a lot better. Take a 40-year-old with anxiety, teach them the same skill. Well, they may not be ready to let go of the anxiety because if the anxiety goes away, their life changes. And they've built their life over 30 or 40 years with anxiety in place. Maybe their spouse married them because their anxious spouse is helping them. Maybe they took a job that accommodates anxiety. If suddenly the anxiety is gone, that has a lot of implications, not all of them positive. Maybe their wife won't want them anymore type of thing. So you have to work through all that before hypnosis can be as effective in adults as compared to kids. For kids too, sometimes their symptom is useful and they don't want it to go away. Kids who have stomach aches often are allowed to miss school. And if they have a bully at school that is the cause of their anxiety and they have a physical symptom from it, that gets them out of the thing they want to do. Obviously, getting into a cycle like this leads nowhere, and really the best treatment is to teach them to calm themselves down and use hypnosis to treat the pain. But it also builds up their self-regulation skills to help to calm down when facing a difficult time at school. Whether it's a bully or not wanting to play on the playground or not feeling like they're good at school, whatever it is, hypnosis puts many patients on a path to thinking and acting on their own, and this in itself improves their self-esteem. One of the things I teach my patients is when something is difficult, run towards it, not away from it. Why? Because in dealing with difficult situations, that's when you learn. That's when you grow. And this is true for school. It's true for therapy. It's true for dealing with a boss. Our society is so discomfort averse Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm not going to do my homework. Oh, I'm having social problems. I'm going to use drugs. So I don't have to think about it. Oh, doctor, give me a pill to calm myself. Dealing with discomfort is an important part of growing up. And I talk to my kids about that. So you have a challenge? Fine. Be patient with yourself. You'll work through this and things will get better. With headaches, the way I would help is first teach them to relax by going to the relaxing place. And by the way, that's a launching point for whatever symptom ails you, unless the child doesn't like relaxing. And by the way, two-thirds of patients whose primary issue is medical, just relaxing gives them significant improvement. But beyond that, we then do some metaphoric work around headaches. So for example, I might teach them, imagine your headache as a color. 
And what will your head appear like? What color will it have when you don't have the headache? And your, and your mind's eye changed the color from how it is with the headache to how it is when the headache is gone. Or uh, imagine a creature causing your headache. What creature would it be? What would it be doing? Oh, a woodpecker is pecking on my head. Well, what would it rather do than peck on your head? We'd like to peck on a tree. So imagine showing your woodpecker a tree and let it go peck on the tree and notice how your head feels better. 90% of kids with abdominal pain, they can't find a physical cause. So what does that mean? That means it's probably psychological, which means that most of those will respond to hypnosis. And I remember I took care of a uh, 16-year-old who came to me with a 13-year history of irritable bowel syndrome. And he had innumerable medical tests. He had multiple medications, and they didn't really help. And he wasn't able to go to school in the mornings until mid-morning because he was getting his act together. He couldn't participate in after-school activities because he had to get home. He couldn't travel. Really terrible, right? He learned to do hypnosis. He learned to calm himself. He learned to relax himself with his relaxation sign. He learned to allow his subconscious to express itself. And he talked about the stress and difficulty of having irritable bowel syndrome for so many years. And within three weeks, he was 95% better. And that's not an anomaly. I would tell you with abdominal pain, within three weeks of using hypnosis, people got a lot better across the board. How can competitive athletes benefit from hypnosis? Well, I've had the privilege of working with many competitive athletes at the high school, college, and even uh, semi-professional level. And there are several keys that athletes can use to improve their performance. One is to relax. Here it is, relaxing again. Because when you're playing in the zone, you're loose and relaxed. And so you can get into the zone faster by learning how to get yourself in a hypnotic state. Then I teach the athlete a few mind tricks to help improve their performance. Uh, the first one is to imagine how they want to play before actually doing so. So to visualize how they want to hit the ball or to throw the ball or to swing the racket. The second thing is they can practice a whole match or game in their mind before the actual game starts. Maybe you could do it every night before the game starts. I had one gymnast who came to see me who came to see me because he was anxious when his coach yelled at him for over-rotating. Two weeks into therapy, he wrenched his knee. He was out of um, commission for three months. I told him, practice gymnastics in your mind because when you practice in your mind, you're improving. And there's actually research studies that show this. Three months later, he went back to gymnastics, won the regionals, won the states, and went to nationals after having not done something physical for three months. A miracle? No. He just kept improving in his mind. I saw a 16-year-old patient this week who I've been helping treat her anxiety. I asked her how she's sleeping, just like I do to every patient, and she said she's sleeping really well. Then I asked, do you have any trouble falling asleep? And she said, yeah, I used to, but now she pretends there's a monster or an intruder in her room. She pictures something really scary, and she says she has to lay very still and breathe very quietly and pretend to be asleep so the monster doesn't find her. 
And she says she falls asleep really easily and quickly when she does this. I realized this is a form of self-hypnosis. She figured this out herself and she puts herself into a calm state, even though it's in a very odd way. And she uses her imagination to make suggestions to herself and it works. I was so proud. I didn't do anything for her to help with her sleep. So while many people will need a guide to help them, this potential to enter a state of hypnosis is within us all. Amazing success that people have achieved working with me is not because of me. It's because that potential's in the child. And my job is to evoke it. That's all. My life mission at this time is to get the word out. Medicine moves very slowly, as you probably know. And it's frustrating to me that there's such an easy therapy to teach that can change so many lives, and yet people don't realize it. Physicians don't realize it. I wrote this book, hoping that people will, I wrote it for the public, hoping that the public will get uh, aware, become aware of it. But I found out that people are afraid of the word hypnosis. So that's been a barrier getting the book out. Dr. Ron Ambar's book, Changing Children's Lives with Hypnosis, includes a number of patient stories. And after each story, he includes an explanation of what you can do on your own. And the book concludes with a quick seven steps to guide children and teens to wellness. These are all really simple, straightforward things we can easily do for our kids and for ourselves. And there's a short chapter about dealing with crisis that includes seven ways parents can help children create calm in a storm. Hypnosis is not a crazy fringe experience. It's actually part of our everyday living. I realize that I use these techniques when I talk to a child calmly during their physical exam and I'll say things like, ooh, do you think there's a butterfly in your ear? Let me see. That's hypnosis. When I help them calm down with the sound of my voice and I engage their imagination so they're not afraid when I use my otoscope to look in their ear. As a parent, Think about the ways you explain things to kids to engage their imagination and tap into their subconscious. To find a practitioner, a good rule of thumb, according to Dr. Anbar, is to find a practitioner for the condition that you need who is already qualified to treat that condition without hypnosis. Someone like a doctor, but who uses hypnosis as one of their tools. Dr. Anbar is a licensed pediatrician and pediatric pulmonologist, which is a lung doctor, so he can treat abdominal pain, asthma, and so on, but he uses hypnosis as a therapy. Be aware that anyone can claim to be a hypnotist. There isn't a credentialing service, and even the term hypnotherapist is not really regulated. In that case, you need to find a therapist who is a qualified therapist in other modalities of therapy, but who is also trained in therapeutic hypnosis. There are several agencies that teach therapeutic hypnosis, and I'll list those in the show notes. They are Society for Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis, American Society of Clinical Hypnosis, and the National Pediatric Hypnosis Training Institute. Thank you to Dr. Ambar for the lifetime of work you've done to promote the understanding of hypnosis. And more importantly, thank you on behalf of the numerous patients of mine that you've helped. There is a link to his very readable, fascinating book in the show notes. Don't forget to share this episode with anyone you know with a child who is experiencing symptoms they just can't quite get under control. This might be just the treatment they need to supplement their doctor's plan. For more from The Pediatrician Next Door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. 
If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.